Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Crypto Catch-Up. I'm Pav. And I'm Ted. Happy to be here. Yeah, mate. It's good to have you. We are back to two this week, not three. Yeah, man. I like the little trio we've got going. I think the the three-way works well. Yeah, I do too. It's um, unfortunate that some of us are actually busy in doing work while the two of us can sit here and have a chat. (laughs) Shit, I've got nothing on, do you? No, I've got nothing on, but... um, It's better that way. Yeah. How was your weekend? Mate, it was good. Kept it pretty quiet. Did a bit of golf for dad, which was good. Nice. But yeah, rocked up to work feeling fresh on Monday and not hungover like, you know, I usually do. So yeah, great. Great. That's good. How was yours? Hey, fantastic. Played in the rain just because. No, I was, I was, it was a little bit overcast, but, um, you know, that just improves my swing. Nice. No excuses then. Yeah. No, weekend was good. Just family time. Yeah, jazz. Kids, kids Kids. are causing trouble. No, mate, it's fine. But, um, look, we're not here to talk about kids. (laughs) Talk about market. Yeah, mate. What are you saying? Nothing burgers. A whole lot of nothing burgers. I'm still stuck in this range that's getting quite boring now. And, you know, res- we've resorted to talking about our weekend because we've got nothing else to talk about. That's literally what's been happening in the markets. But um, look, you got the odd altcoin just jumping 50 to 100% just because it can. But I mean, if we look at Bitcoin, we need to see some sort of decision there to have any confidence in the market to sort of know where it's going, I guess. But um, yeah, look, we've had some perfect sweeps of some lows, but there's some stubborn bulls out there that just keep reclaiming them, which is good to see, I guess, if you're, you know, like us and you want to see price travel a little bit higher. But yeah, still failure to really see any commitment and lock in any new higher highs. But um, that's, I guess, to be expected right now. And we've got some big news around the corner. I mean, this week we've got the US CPI, Consumer Price Index print. So that could have some impact on the market as well. And also next week. This might sound really boring, but uh, the latest interest rate meeting that happened, there's a little thing called the meeting minutes. So essentially a you know redacted form of the transcript of what was said in that meeting is released. And that's where you can really start to pick apart what was being said. Are they sort of you know hedging that this is the last hike that's to come and they're going to start looking at pivoting, et cetera? Mm-hmm. Or is there more hike or pain to come? Or is there nothing that like, doesn't really have any insights at all? So I mean, if you're looking for a reason for the markets to move on a more macro scale, we might get that answer this week, next week. So that would be good. That could be what breaks us out of this range to the upside or the downside. I would say historically, if you interestingly pull apart how prices moved in 2023 so far, a bit abstract over a podcast, but if you actually take the swing highs and swing lows that we've been making on the way up so far, price has always successfully retraced to the midpoint, the 50% mark. So I think this is something we could probably include in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if that's a pattern that's going to repeat for the third time this year, we'd expect prices to sort of land back at 28K potentially before it can press higher. So, you know, if we get some sort of bad news read or some sort of, I guess, sentiment that things are not looking as good as they should or as they could, I guess you could say, that might be enough to get us to finally break this range decisively downward and see what happens next. So that's a long way of trying to break down what I'm seeing at the moment, I guess. I'm just sitting on my hands at the moment, trying not to do too much. Mm. How about you, Ted? Yeah, look, probably similar sentiment to last week. The market's just, if you're looking for volatility and you're looking for a bit of action, it's not a good time in the market at the moment. But at the same time, usually these periods that are super, you know, there's no volatility, there's no action happening at all. They usually are followed by a massive swing. Yeah, you, that's right. And that's not to say it's gone up or down, but it could go either way. We've seen the least volatility in the last five years looking at Bollinger Bands. So, yeah, just looking back on a chart that you actually drew for me, Pav, because Pav's the chart guy here at SwiftX. That's me. So, last time we saw like these levels of volatility or these lack of levels of volatility, 2018, where following this low level, we dipped heavily. But I'm not sure if you can really compare that to where we are now because 2018, we just came off a bull market and we were in downtrend. 
that was like a big dip in price. Before that was 2016. This was the opposite where we were actually followed by a big spike in price and then a subsequent bull run over the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I think we went from about 450 bucks, this is BTC I'm talking about, 450 bucks USD to 20,000 at the height of the bull market. So I think when comparing to previous times where we've seen this level of volatility, the 2016 is probably more similar to where we are at the, in the market. Yeah. You know, we're, exactly. we're leading in towards that Bitcoin halving next year, which is really positive news. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm super optimistic. Like, I'm excited. Like, yeah, we, we're not getting much action at the moment. There's not much spotlight on Bitcoin in the crypto market. It's more on the tech stocks and, and the NASDAQ and those sorts of things. But look, if you're like me, you know this is a fantastic time to to get in. For a long term. Long term. Yeah. Long, long holds into the next bull cycle. So I, my strategy hasn't changed. Yep. Just dollar cost averaging, picking up, filling up those bags as much as I can over the next six months, mm-hmm. making sure I'm in a fantastic position for when or if that bull run hits. Historically, after a Bitcoin halving, you guys all know this, has been followed by a bull run. So we're on track to see that again. Not guaranteed to happen as you know, macro environments and government policies are, have changed into yep. past cycles. But look, we're on track, I'd say. Would you agree, Pav? Yeah, I definitely think so. It's all cyclic. I mean, even from a macro perspective, everything's gone through cycles of risk on and risk off assets. So you see money moving into more government instruments like bonds because they give you that guaranteed yields. And like we've seen recently, like bond yields are the highest they've been in a long, long time. So it makes sense for a lot of uh, big money to be parked there right now. But as soon as that starts to turn around, uh, and uh, I guess uh, I guess the key thing is there needs to be liquidity in the market, which means people need to start borrowing. So as soon as that happens, that's probably your early signs of things starting to turn around on a global stage as well. But mm-hmm. I know another thing people have been pointing out too is a likely halvening. So if you look back historically, I know we've pointed it out too, there has been a bit of a retrace in the market post-harbening. Yep. So, I mean, that's again, just feeding to the narrative that, hey, look, there could be a bit of a cool off coming. If it is coming, we don't know. But historically speaking, that is generally been the case. So we're keeping an eye on things at the moment because as, as much as we think we know, we've always been surprised. So we'll see what happens. History doesn't repeat, it rhymes. So to keep hey, that in mind. That's a good one. Yeah. I, that from? I made that up myself. Oh, wow. No, I didn't. Oh, okay. I think that's pretty well known. Yeah, you filled. So yeah. <laughs> I could have claimed <laughs> it. Should have claimed it. Should have claimed it. Lastly, before we touch on like the top market news, what are you seeing? Mm-hmm. What do you make of this US credit score being downgraded from a AAA to a AA plus? Yeah, I think that's being downplayed because of the agency that's announced it. So I think- there's about four or five accredited agencies in the US. I could be wrong there. I'm not completely up to date on all this. I don't know how much it plays into the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. if I'm honest. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it changes the risk on tone that's currently in play. Like It's very hawkish. So basically, anytime there's a key news event or milestone coming up, it's generally been we're increasing rates, inflation's yeah. high, blah, blah, blah. Like this, the, It hasn't really changed. So for them to come out or someone to come out and say, oh, the credit rating's terrible, it's like, okay, great. Yeah. But it's not going to improve when things are going down anyway. So, I mean, yeah. it's kind of already pegged in for me. Double A plus still sounds pretty good. Yeah, it sounds all right. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, wasn't it, um, what was it? The Big Short, the double A's and triple A's. Yeah. And all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Big Short, what movie? Maybe could we watch that again. Cool. Well, let's dive into some of the top market news we've got for all of, for this week. So, Pav, tell us about this massive adoption story, PayPal. Yeah, it's out of nowhere, right? Yeah, it is. Massive. So, well, if we think it's massive. We don't know the actual details yet, but uh, PayPal, all know what PayPal is. 421 or 31 million global users at this stage. They've come out of the traps in the early hours of today, Tuesday, and yeah, announced that they're launching a stablecoin. So going into competing against USDT, USDC and the like, 
Not the same, but so it's more of a centralized stablecoin rather than something that you can hold in your MetaMask. Mm-hmm. So there's more details to be coming in that space, but super, super interesting that, you know, post Terra Luna, pre-regulation, they're coming out and basically saying they're going to give US citizens access to a stablecoin that they're denouncing as PYUSD. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know, it's kind of interesting. I wonder if they're almost trying to beat Elon because it feels like Elon's trying to go for the same thing. I know there's yeah. been a bit of bad blood there, breeding into that a bit recently, and of how he was ousted out of the former X.com, now known as PayPal, because it felt like he was going to be the first one to really introduce mass adoption on a public, or I guess a widely adopted platform mm-hmm. uh, like Twitter, now X.com. Yep. But it looks like, yeah, PayPal's just jumped a gun and yeah, it's going to be pegged by the US dollar. So access, again, at this stage, isn't known if it's going to be global or just to US citizens only for now. But it, um, I mean, if they start with one country, you got to think it's going to sort of be a roll-on effect everywhere else as well. So um, look, huge play, I think, for the crypto adoption story. It's a big massive, one. massive. But if you talk to the real crypto natives, I think there's a bit of controversy because it isn't really decentralized. It's kind of against the, I guess, decentralized nature that crypto is sort of pegging to be uh, away yeah. from the current systems. So Read it to what you will, but I think, yeah, it's probably an industry win at the end of the day. Oh, I think so. I don't know the name, but there was a there was a well-known economist who was interviewed for the Decrypt article that we pinched a story from mm. that essentially said he thinks this story and this adoption from PayPal yep. is on par with BlackRock's it's kind of, it's ETA application. There. Yeah, because it's the whole world of payments, right? So. Oh, huge. It's huge. And PayPal have supported other cryptocurrencies in the past, but I'm not sure if the user fully got on board with it. So I think it'll be interesting to see how this plays out, and especially considering it's on the Ethereum blockchain. Mm. It's an ERC-20 token. Now, we, we know there's a few issues with scalability on Ethereum. So are we going to see, you know, slow transactions? Who knows? Uh, high mm. costs, high, high fees for transactions. That's something that, that springs to mind for me as a concern. Yeah. But look, there's layer twos that look to resolve that issue, but there hasn't been any mention of those thus far. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they uh, approach user experience on this one. Mm. Not everyone's going to want to use it, I guess, a crypto wallet like I think we know and live by right now. Yeah. So I know the recent or a recent upgrade to the ETH protocol was the ability for smart accounts, I think it's they're called. I'll have to read back into it as to what, the, what they were called, but... I mean, that might be the first adoption case of that, potentially, not having to live in such a complicated space. So we'll see what happens, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I'd put this down as one of the biggest stories of the year so far. Ooh, Ted. And something that you know, can only be a good thing for the market, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, moving on. So Amazon have ventured into crypto. Like We've heard stories about Amazon looking for you know, crypto devs and, and blockchain developers you know, to, to come on board their team. We didn't really know where they were going to, you know, explore this new world of blockchain and cryptocurrencies. This looks like one of the first times they've kind of dived into this space. So Amazon Prime are giving out NFTs for a game on Polygon. So it's a bit of a niche move from such a big company as Amazon. I think they're yeah, it's the biggest companies in the world. Yeah, because I know Reddit did something similar, but I mean, this is a whole different kettle of fish, right? Yeah, yeah. Reddit had their own NFTs yeah. and like their own avatars, which yeah. they call them. Yeah. This is a little bit different. So Amazon Prime subscribers can claim a free Polygon NFT from the game Mojo Melee. Have you heard of it? No, but I'm going to get on it. <laughs> yeah, you, you just want that free NFT. It's not the free NFT. I'll take anything. Yeah, exactly. So anyone who's is current, you know, subscriber of Amazon Prime, I know I am. I'm, I'd say you probably are as well. Uh, not the stage. No, yeah. Okay. That or Disney Plus and I made my choice. Yeah, okay. Yeah. There's too many, isn't there? Yeah, there's a lot happening. It costs too much these days. Bring back free-to-air TV. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so it basically opens the door to, I'm looking here, 200 million Amazon Prime subscribers. So imagine if we onboarded that many people into, you know, the NFT, NFT land, the blockchain space. Yeah. Not to say that all those people are going to jump on board straight away. But so with the, let, well, let's use the Reddit situation as like an example. I would say they're probably more faster to adopt something like NFTs than the Amazon peeps will be, but it took mm. months and months before there was actually any action in those NFTs back yeah. then. So. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. also in some niche game that no one's ever heard of. Yeah. So. How, do you, how do you get to this merger, Mealy? Yeah. <laughs> Joe Mealy. Yeah. Who have you got in your team that, you know, got ties with Amazon, man? You've done well. Yeah. Well done. But yeah, that's an interesting story. I'll be, I'll be sheeshing. <laughs> I, I might even jump on that NFT and just see how it all works and yeah, see it's worth it. Yeah, exactly. Just to kind of test it out, see if it's- You know what wasn't worth it? Getting onto this base business. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah. For anyone that doesn't know, Coinbase launched their own layer two network using Optimism's tech stack. So I guess a little bit of an adoption arc there for Optimism against its main rival Arbitrum. I think they launched about a month or two months ago and so far activity has been super strong. They're already number five in terms of total value locked yeah, well, as, a, as a layer two. So they're still a bit behind Arbitrum and Optimism. I think Arbitrum has 5.9 billion total value locked. So massively behind there, but these guys just launched. They've got a massive like centralized exchange behind them in Coinbase, publicly listed company, but it hasn't all been good. So yeah, there's been a lot of activity happening on the, the network, but with that has come, you know, Rug pulls, shit coins, <laughs> scams, debauchery. Yeah, just just all the all the stuff that comes with a, a new network, and you know, people trying to trying to ride on the coattails off the back of that hype. Mm-hmm. So I think the the big story there was Bald Token. Yep, it was a token that was inspired by the CEO of Coinbase, Brian Armstrong. Yeah, yep. he was a bald man. It's good noggin. <laughs> yeah, it's real shiny, nice and shiny. Yeah, and so there was a meme called, and it went up two hundred and eighty nine thousand percent within 14 hours of trading yep. i mean god i just why like, hey it's happened before it'll happen again didn't even i'm pretty sure it didn't even have a website uh, let it. alone you know any utility or, or functionality so yeah that kind of sums up that uh degenerate side of crypto and blockchain and then bald ended up being a massive rug pull and a bunch of people lost money so that is typically the case with these shit coins that surge you know a million percent in a day you don't get on them I mean, who am I to recommend not to get well, on? You shouldn't recommend it to you. Yeah, but like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I stay away from them. Yeah, I yeah. That. I just remember. Um, I don't know if you remember when the BSC network first started, the Binance. So mm-hmm. Binance did a similar thing where they launched their own network to compete with um, the Ethereum chain. Pretty much the same thing happened again, right? Like yeah. it was a initial hype cycle, a lot of sort of pump and dump scams, yeah. and then you had like the real adoption play where kind of like a little bit of an ecosystem flourished and. There was a bit more, I guess you said, thread between what existed and why it existed. There was some functionality and some of the things in that space. So yeah, to people out there just dismissing this, I would also would say just keep an eye on it still. Like yeah. it's still something you need to be wary of, but you might start to see projects soon to release on the on the layer two that actually has a bit more of a USP than something named after the CEO's bald nugget. <laughs> Yeah. That's usually the first giveaway. This probably isn't a good long term. Who used to say that, Pav? <laughs> You're right. Yeah, absolutely right. It's going to change the world. I, I know it. <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah. But look, Coinbase is launching their own layer two. Like, yeah. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Um, and it just goes to show that the layer two space is really up and coming and, and something that's going to be there for be massive narrative for this next yeah. bull run. Absolutely. Um, particularly, as we mentioned before, Ethereum struggles with scalability issues. 
Pav and I are actually doing a content series on Swiftex Learn on our analysis hub there, talking about like old coin categories that we think are going to perform well, you know, yes. in, in a bull market. Fundamentals. Strong, based on strong fundamentals. Yeah. So what we've covered in that is the three categories we're looking at is layer one alternatives to Ethereum that have different tech and look to resolve that scalability issue. So we're talking about faster and cheaper transactions. Mm-hmm. Another category we're looking at is layer two. So that again resolves that scalability issue happening on Ethereum. Basically, they sit on top of Ethereum and, and look to scale it. And the third one, which is not related to that theme, but is liquid staking. And we've seen a massive uptick in adoption of liquid staking and liquid staking derivatives this year, haven't we? We have. It's uh, been a theme that I never thought I would see really take off. But I mean, this is it. Like, you've just got to pay attention sometimes. I, I definitely yep. let that one slip on the radar. Yep. Lido Dow. Lido Dow, Rocket Pool. We've talked about them before. Rocket Pool, we, we know them personally. They're Brisbane-based boys. Mm-hmm. And so some interesting projects to watch. And I think it's... Look, I think like you just see the, the numbers happening across these liquid staking protocols. And the TBL. Yeah, yeah, they're not slowing down. And these liquid staking derivatives are going through the roof. Yeah. Like more and more. I think the Lido Ethereum derivative, which uh, STETH, I think, is ranked seventh on yeah. the uh, pretty funny on coin market cap. So like it's technically the seventh biggest coin. I mean, yes, it is still like Ethereum. Yep. It's like a wrapped coin. Yeah. But it just goes to show that so many people are, are using this Lido DAO protocol on it. Yeah, there's a good reason why, because to stake it yourself, you need 32 ETH to become your own validator. So, yep. I mean, who's got 32 ETH? Speak for yourself. No, I don't. You could, no, I definitely don't. I wish. <laughs> One day. Off the cover, off the cuffers. Off the covers. Off the covers. Jeez, we okay. could, well, I don't know. I think we want it in, you know. I don't know, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, going. So, in the news again, this time for, I don't know, this one's interesting. You make this what you will, but we spoke about a whole bunch of people lining up to have their retina scan with the orbs. So, TLDR, Worldcoin, it's World ID. It's a way to sort of verify that you're a human versus an AI. Mm-hmm. To be able to do so, you need to use their orbs, which they place throughout the world. A particular warehouse in Nairobi, Kenya was raided and a whole bunch of documents and machines have been stolen. So, Jeez. yeah, it's good times. Yeah, I mean, I think Worldcoin has- Stop that, AIs. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> Worldcoin's dominated the headlines the last right. couple of weeks, hasn't it? it Especially is. since the, the mainnet launched, you know, a major exchange, including SwiftX, listed the yeah. WLD token, which was super popular. A lot of big transactions still because it's technically, if you sign up, you do the ID check, you get, what is it, about 30 to 50 US dollars worth yeah. of the token as yeah, like yeah. a freebie. So, I mean, most countries, if you had 30 to 50 US dollars, you could have a good time. Well, that's uh, the thing. In Kenya, where this happened, yeah, yeah. thousands of people were lining up. Yeah. Now, I was looking into some story and there was this group of Kenyans within this this conference, yep. albeit probably a crypto conference, and 95% of them said they get paid in stable coins as opposed to their- At the highest rate of adoption. Yeah. 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 So I guess that just kind of ties in with this Worldcoin story about, yep. you know, they're looking at this, like they're scanning their iris, they're verifying their digital ID and they're getting a, a nice pay packet to yep. on top of it. Yep. And imagine a lot of them might be selling, some might be holding, but free airdrop, who doesn't like that? Free money. Yeah. I, I love free money. But yeah, I guess with this story, the fact that the government has gone in and raided their warehouse and confiscated a bunch of their machines and the orbs and stuff like that, mm. I think this shows that this whole Worldcoin, it's going to be a bigger conversation especially around regulation as it starts to pick up in traction so yeah i think we can't say whether whether Worldcoin and and the world app will take off yet but it's certainly one that's gaining traction certainly one that's you know causing a lot of divide within multiple crypto communities and, and outside of that as well it is Hey, what else we got going on in the world i think there's some updated timelines for the etfs or 
updates on the yeah. deadlines? I mean, we sound like broken records, don't we? But we keep talking about ETFs, but I guess it's been the story of the year and um, it has the most potential to impact the markets, in my opinion, especially after BlackRock dived into the whole crypto scene. Yeah. But yeah, essentially, we now have timelines for when the SEC needs to approve, deny or extend these Bitcoin ETFs. So the first one is actually, it's probably going to be in less than a week by the time this episode comes out. It's the ARK 21 shares Bitcoin ETF. Mm -hmm. So the deadline is on August 13th. Yep. The remaining ones, it's like early, early September. So that's when BlackRocks will get their next decision. Basically, what this means is the SEC needs to tell them whether it's approved, denied, or whether they need to make some changes to their application. Mm -hmm. And the final deadline where they get told it's approved or denied and nothing else is happening between, like most of them happening between January and March uh, yep. in 2024. So, mate, I don't know if you know when that is, but that lines up pretty well with the Bitcoin That's halving. Close, isn't it, it? Wouldn't, it wouldn't be a shame if this was to... This was to happen and send the markets into the oblivion. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. But yep, that'd be good. I guess what it does set up is for Kathy Wood's ARC, 21 shares. Because if they get theirs approved arguably two weeks before everyone else, it's pretty huge. Good on her and the squad for getting in nice and early. Yeah, she deserves it as well. She got in way before BlackRock. Yeah, she's still calling for a million dollar Bitcoin, I heard. Last I heard. Hey, I like it. I don't know if I believe it, but I like it. It's fine. But yeah, just on that, I saw an interview the other day of our friend Gary G. Or G oh, G Money? G Money, as G we Money. like to say. G Money has- Sorry, so Gary. SEC chair Gary Gensler, yes, say. Yes. AKA okay. G Money. Okay, G AKA Money. AKA G Unit. AKA The Goat. I don't know. I'll stop now. Are you finished? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, pal. No, but he, I saw an interview. He was basically talking about crypto and talking about everything that's happening with the SEC. Um, the interviewer asked him about, you know, the Ripple decision and about, you know, further crypto regulations. And Pav, would you believe it or not? G Money, Gary Gensler, he's gone soft on us. Yep. Now I ain't calling him a pussy, but <laughs> I'm saying he's gone soft on us. But you've been holding that back for a while, haven't you? Uh, you know, I have a few emotions that yep. uh, that I have uh, when it comes to Gary Gensler. But yep. hey, I'm going to try and keep him professional. No, you're doing well, mate. I'm representing the Tabby the Crypto brand, after all. You're doing a good job. Uh, but yeah, essentially, <laughs> essentially he um, he was asked about Ripple and he said, oh, look, I'm just one of five commissioners in the SEC. Whereas in the past, you know, he's been public enemy number one. He's yeah. gone after it. He's had his say. And now he's saying, look, you know, it's not just me. It's the other guys. And so I think the, the heat coming from the crypto community has kind of got to him. Yeah, and he's also he seems a little bit defeated, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah. Especially after the, like Ripple when they beat the SEC. So, mate, what what do you think? Well, I think the latest thing is he's targeting AI, right? Like he's seeing that as like the next potential because of the wide adoption of the different yeah different uh, types of AI out there. It's just like no one's regulating it, so he's like, boom, yeah, next. Mate, I saw that as a win when he came out and said, yeah, we'll look at cryptos later. Let's focus on AI. I was like, that's Gary saying he's lost. Yeah, that's Gary saying he's bought his bag and he's gone AI now. Yeah, let's be honest. Gary Gensler yeah. bought the dip. <laughs> but um, it's not- Maybe. It's, maybe. 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 <laughs> yeah, it's- <laughs> Thank it. you, legal. Save it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's not over yet. Like, he's still going after Coinbase. He's still- Still has all those open. Yeah, the opened. Yeah, finance sanctions. They're, they're massive court cases. Yeah. Um, and they're not going to go away anytime soon. Well, did you see the um, Department of Justice headed out their recommendation on Binance US? I did. Yeah, that was- about that. That was like a week ago. TLDR of what they actually put out was basically say as we, you know, they acknowledge that there's a lot of activity that Binance US was doing that was basically something that could be 
yeah, more further, I guess, uh, what are you trying to say? What am I trying to say? I've lost the ability to speak. Are you trying too, to say too criminal activity? Yeah, criminal, criminal activity. Yeah. Basically taking on the form of like offering securities and unlicensed products and things like that. But then they threw in the caveat that because of what the industry has been through, because of the nascence of the industry and all of the you know people that if they sanctioned it, it would affect it, basically crumble the whole industry. They're looking to just basically hand out a series of fines and sanctions over time as opposed to rule the nine fist and shut them down. So And yeah, and cause a yeah. one similar to FTX. So basically too big to fail is what the Department of Justice in the US is saying. So they've made the decision to just take it easy because it would affect too many retail players at the end of the day. Like it's the average person that gets hurt. How do you view that as, you know, an investor yourself? Do you look at that and be like, I need to get out? Or do you say, look, that's actually great news? If you're asking me, it's just part of the ride. I've been through worse. Yeah. Been through a couple of tether hacks, USDC depegging. I mean, Terra Luna crashing. Yeah. Where, where does it rank? I don't know. FTX falling it, apart. It doesn't seem like it's yeah. caused any Did sort of- Price didn't move. Yeah, price didn't move. Nah, so no market didn't react to it no, at all. So no, Nothing at all. Yeah, look, it's, it's just one of those things. The market- isn't reacting as as we once knew it did. No, it's so. quite boring these days. In fact, I've even stopped looking at the markets at night and I've been watching the block. You've been watching the block? Yeah, Scotty Cam, mate. Because I've been watching the block. Yeah. Yeah. You have you? I'm just watching for Scotty Cam. Yeah, yeah. I'm his number one fan. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah. I've seen your posters in the office, mate. Yeah, okay. Um, you don't need to tell everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Look, mate, we're starting talking about the block. Uh, body cam. It's getting rubbish. That's, yeah, you know, starting to pack it up. That's time we wrap yeah, things up. That's how we know. Just on that. What's going to care? <laughs> just on what we spoke about before. So, Pav, we're tag teaming a a content series. Yeah, so we are. Two parts in of a four-part series that just covers a lot of the altcoin categories that we were watching in a potential next bull run. Doing a bit of research. Doing a lot of research, doing deep dives into particular coins. So I think, look, you know, obviously I'm biased, but we try our best to break it down for a beginner audience so that anyone, you know, whether they're, they're just starting crypto or they're bloody expert, yep. they can understand what we're talking about. So the three categories we're looking at are layer one alternatives to Ethereum, layer two scaling solutions and liquid staking derivatives. And we're looking at some particular coins within those categories mm-hmm. and providing, you know, two sides of the coins. Yeah. Why pros and cons. Yeah, pros and cons. Why they could do well and concerns that yep. we've identified as well. I think it's a good way to, if you've never really sat down and done your own fundamental analysis, it gives you a bit of a benchmark of how to go about it. Yep. So, you know, looking into the project, looking into the team. What does, you know, token supply actually mean? Things like that. So it's superficially quite easy to follow, but mm-hmm. also dives in and gives you enough meat so you can go away and hopefully apply it to your own coins as well. Yeah. And by no way are we saying that this should be an alternative to your BTC and ETH investment. No. We're just looking at, because, you know, altcoins, everyone loves an altcoin, especially in a bull market. But everyone just doesn't know quite how to go about it. Yeah. I feel like most crypto beginners understand Bitcoin and some might understand Ethereum. Yeah, but outside of that- like oh. I had a bunch of mates actually just bought SHIB because it was so much cheaper than Dogecoin, but they didn't yeah. quite understand the tokenomics behind it. Market caps and-, and Market caps, yep, circulating so, supply. So we try, and, we try and break down why we're looking at these coins in particular and why the categories are of interest as well. So go check out the SwiftX analysis hub. We'll also chuck it in the show notes. And if you're a SwiftX user, check your email over the next couple of fortnights and we'll be sending those articles through via email. Good stuff. Let's wrap it up. That's a wrap. Catch you guys. See you next time. Thanks, guys. See you. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. 
If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon.